What's happening, ladies and gentlemen? This is the RJK World Tour podcast. Today's guest, well, there is no guest. It's just me. I'm going solo. I've said it time and time again that I do prefer having a guest on because I get to hear about their stories, their adventures, but sometimes I just like to go solo if I've got something I want to talk about. And today is one of those days. So I've just got back from a trip, really, really good trip, and uh, the trip was flying into Salzburg, and it was flying out of Budapest, and in the middle I saw Vienna, I saw Bratislava, so four places, two new countries, and um, yeah, had a really, really good time actually. I've never done a Euro trip as such, I know it was short, it was only a seven day thing, but a lot of Americans, a lot of Australians, they come over to Europe and they go from place to place well having spent a pretty large chunk of my life living in Europe because the places are always there the way I've tended to do it is that you fly into a certain place for a few days and then you fly out you know you do it numerous times so over the the course of many years you visit a lot of places and that way is good as well that's you know there's a lot of merits to that what I find with that is that if you go for a few days by the time the third day rolls around, often you're kind of bored of that place and you're looking to sort of go home, really, because you kind of done most of the stuff that the place has got to offer. And, um, yeah, you're just kind of ready to move on. And what I liked about this is that I was at places for a fairly short amount of time and don't get me wrong, I could have spent longer, but it was always fresh. And, yeah, I like that side of things, but... What I really want to talk about is how easy it was to do and the cost of it rather than talk about the places themselves because one of the things I've been hearing once I've been telling people about the place and posting stuff online is that people said, oh wow, that trip sounds really good, must have cost you a lot or must have taken a while to organise to get that all lined up or you must have paid someone to organise it, but actually it None of that is true. The whole trip, not including spending money, cost about 280 quid. And it took about two, three hours to finalise it all. Which I think is pretty good, considering um, how much I enjoyed the trip. And so what I'm going to do today is just detail that, really. Just how I did it, why I did it. I did something similar last year, actually. I flew back from Australia to UK. I did an episode being an advocate of breaking that journey up because I know a lot of people fly from Australia and New Zealand and I find that breaking the journey up not only makes you feel better but you get to see a few places along the way and yeah, all right, you don't get to see them in detail but it gives you a bit of a taster. It's not really a groundbreaking thing to do. Many of people have done it before but I had a good experience, shared it and... People listened to that and and did it themselves and they got back to me. I had a guy who flew back from Australia via Chicago. I had someone fly back from South America by Cuba message me. Um, There was someone who flew to New Zealand via Taipei and there was others as well. I could list them all day. Yeah, the point is it it was quite a success and I hope by detailing this trip and outlining how easy it is to do, people realise that it's so accessible and may choose to do it themselves. So that's what I'm going to be doing 
in this episode. So this is how the trip came together. Booked the time off work and I had a week to do the trip. Saturday to Saturday. So I'm sitting on Skyscanner and I'm looking at my local airport, the, the closest one it does flights at any good, which is Bristol. The closest one is actually Cardiff, which is pointless. I don't even know why it exists. It's a pointless airport, but Bristol's got a lot of options. Yeah, I was looking, okay, where can I fly out to that I want to stay for a week? So I searched Bristol in the flying out of section and the anywhere option for flying to. And the one that sticks out to me is it's Budapest because I've been looking at it and the flight there is something about 70 or 80 quid. I'm thinking, I want to go to Budapest. Is there, can I spend a week there? Do I want to spend a week there? Is anywhere nearby I want to go to? So I'm looking at a map and thinking, well, Romania maybe, Bratislava and Slovakia are nearby, maybe Prague, Austria's not a million miles away. And then I see that there's also a flight from Bristol to Salzburg for pretty cheap as well, around about 30, 40 quid. And a bell rings in my head. And uh, not for the first time. I've recently been concussed and had my bell rung. More in the, um, that's a different story, more in the, the way that an idea came into my head. And that was, well, if a plane's flying out of Bristol then surely planes fly into the, um, from those places to Bristol. So maybe I could fly into Budapest and out of Salzburg or vice versa. And Anyway, started playing around with the, the times and the dates and the places and trying to see if it's possible. Sure enough, you can fly from those places to Bristol. Result, it is cheap. Result. And by playing around with a few combinations, I managed to work out that probably the best way to do it was flying to Salzburg on a Saturday and fly out of Budapest the following Saturday. And the total for those two flights was about £110, which I think is pretty reasonable. And if you're savvy with your flights, you can probably get it cheaper than that. But I thought, yeah, I can get to Budapest in a week's time and see some stuff along the way. So there we go. Let's book it. So book the flights. And um, yeah, I kind of let the flight sort of pick where I wanted to go. So I'm thinking, okay, what am I going to see in between? And um, if you know Salzburg and Budapest and the area around it, you'll understand what I'm talking about, but maybe you need to look at the map. In a nutshell, Salzburg is kind of northwest of Austria. Hungary, where Budapest is, is to the east of Austria. The route I managed to come up with anyway was from Salzburg to Vienna because I've been to Vienna before, but I don't remember it. Uh, it's not the brain trauma. It is because I was 14, but that's northwest of Austria. The Budapest is reasonably close to Vienna, but I thought, I wonder if I can fit another place in. Bratislava is above there, and I've, I've wanted to go there. I've heard some good stuff. Can I fit it in? It's quite tight because I've only got seven days and thought, yeah, yeah, okay. I'll try and fit it in. See if there's a way I can do this. And I thought, right, I've got the places I want to go to. I've got the beginning and end date. I've got to get between the places as this is the next part. But I need to work out how long I'm going to stay in each place. And 
I want to try and divide it up evenly. It's obviously not going to work out exactly. There's going to be some winners. There's going to be some losers. And the the plan I came up with was basically so landing Salzburg on Saturday. I thought I'll go to Vienna Monday morning early doors, so I get the whole day in Vienna of Monday, and then Tuesday. Then on the Wednesday morning, I'll get a train to, or I'll go to Bratislava. Then a day later, on the Thursday morning, I'll go to Budapest. So Bratislava only got me for one day. Sorry, Bratislava. Um, But overall, it worked out. I had a day and a half in Salzburg, two days in Vienna, a day in Bratislava, two days in Budapest, which is pretty good. Looked at the transport between them, and it's pretty damn reasonable, to be honest. Train to Vienna from Salzburg, the first train I got, was 20 quid. The train to Bratislava, the next train I got on the Wednesday morning, that was 15 quid. And to get from Bratislava to Budapest, there is no train line. I had to go by bus. That was, again, I think about 20 quid. So transport's 55 quid between the places, on top of the flight, which is 110. So I've got my transport all booked up for 165 quid at this point, which I think is pretty reasonable. You know, some of the places, yeah, I could have stayed longer than him and people said I was doing a a bit of a quick pace, but, you know, I'm glad I did it the way I did. And, um, you know, at this point, I've got my flights booked, I've got my transport between the places booked, I know how long I'm in each place for, so i just got to work out where I'm going to stay. Now... I ended up spending 120 quid on accommodation for the week, so the the whole thing cost 280 quid, which, yeah, that's pretty that's pretty reasonable in my book. But you know, just as I said, you could get the flights cheaper, you could get the accommodation cheaper if you wanted to, and if you're willing to do couch surfing, well, you could get it for free, and that means you've got a week's holiday for 160, 165 quid, which is pretty good. So, yeah, we used Airbnb to book our accommodation. Other sites are available. Before I get into Airbnb, well, I'm actually going to talk about something about Airbnb because it's something that was brought to my attention after the trip. And Airbnb is great. I'm sure most of you use it and uh, got some cheap accommodation from there and saved a bit of money, which is amazing. But whereas the consumers, we're the winners, there is losers in Airbnb. And that is the long-term renters of certain cities. And in a lot of cities, I know it's a case in Portugal, I think it's the case in Budapest as well, a lot of the locals are being pushed to the outskirts. The reason being is that landlords are thinking, well, I could rent out this apartment for whatever the standard rent is per week. Or I could just rent out to tourists for 30 quid a night and over the month probably bringing about three times as much. So what's been happening is that leases or contracts have been running out for renters and the landlord's saying, sorry, we're not renewing the contract, you know, you need to move out. And so they had a lot of people have been forced out of the apartments they've been living in for a long time and forced to the outskirts. And um, because of the rise in prices that Airbnb's caused, so... A lot of locals are kind of a bit against 
the idea of Airbnb because it has affected the economy in, in some places that way and people have been put out and because of tourists just coming in. And um, yeah, I didn't realise that till after and I still not really made up my opinion on it. But I just thought I'd bring that to your attention just um, if you are a bit of a conscious traveller who wants to leave a place exactly the way they found it. The best solution I can think to get around that is that Airbnbs come in all shapes and sizes. You can get your own apartment or often you can rent a room off someone who lives in the apartment. And that's probably a way of doing that. People who've just got that spare room knocking about want to make a bit of extra cash. There's probably some losers in that as well, but the reality is that that's probably the best way of not affecting people. There's probably some losers who've lost their rooms they're renting as well, but I think it's probably less than the people who've lost their apartments just because, yeah, it's usually people trying to make a bit of money on the side with a spare room they got knocking about. So I did this a few times in the trip. And there is downsides to that, and that is that, you know, you're paying for a room and the facilities, but because the person's still in there rattling around the house, it's kind of a bit awkward because it's it's like their space. They live there full-time. You're just a, a guest, but then you've paid for that privilege, so you don't quite feel like the space is yours. So it's kind of a weird dynamic, I found. I'd do it again, no problems, but... It is something to consider both sides. I've gone off on a bit of a tangent. Bottom line is, using Airbnb, got accommodation for cheap, and um, and that's how I did it. And so, I had a whole trip, excluding spending money, booked for 280 quid. And yeah, and that's the bottom line. That's what I wanted to tell you about. I wanted to tell you about how cheap and easy it was to do. It took about three hours. And, um, yeah, it might be something that you're interested in doing yourselves. I'm certainly interested in doing it again. Really got into the trip and I was gutted it come to an end. So I've been at it again on Skyscanner. And I found a flight into Lithuania for about 70 quid from Bristol. And I found a flight back from somewhere west of Krakow for about 30 quid. And, yeah, looking in between those two places on a map, I'm thinking Belarus maybe? Ukraine, that might be a bit dangerous, but point is I'll get to see some new countries and some new places and uh, for, for cheap as well and, and not much effort. All right, my only rule, never fall in love at the Europe shore. Hashtag RJK World Tour.